This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold right here on Payne.tv slash gold, and you're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. Ladies and gentlemen, Ladies and gentlemen, all right, we are learning a bit about the metaverse here. I'm walking you through a real-world story that's going on. So let's get right back to this, folks. It says, millions of gamers worldwide buy accessories, clothing, and skins. As I explained, those are graphics that change the look of an item in a video game for their digital avatars. It says, in fact, Ralph Lauren attributed some of its strong third-quarter earnings to these virtual investments and the younger generation of shoppers it has attracted. See that, folks? The young bucks are on board. (laughs) The overall gaming market was valued at $173 billion in 2021. Wow. I'm going to talk to Commander Payne. Maybe we should delve into the metaverse. Maybe we should set up a... uh, world inside of there the world of pain the world of pain and uh you walk inside of the theater and you could see digital mind twin avatars of mike and myself and maria albanese and vm uh bronco uh legal man all of the other great contributors to the uh thomas Payne podcast sitting on stage And uh, all the young kids living in the metaverse can go inside. They'll be forced to go inside and listen to us. It'll be the world of pain and suffering, having to listen to the old folks just blab on about how technology is terrible and everything is a scam and a scheme. So it says the overall gaming market was valued at $173 billion in 2021. Other companies like Nike, Adidas, and Vans World are now betting there's room for even more growth. And that gaming becomes just one component of a more far-reaching metaverse. 
And as the virtual world expands, more people are diving into computer-simulated online communities that replicate the real world. That's what I just asked you before the first uh, commercial break, right? Why are the technocrats, why are the transhumanists, why are the social engineers, the elites, the architects of this prison planet trying to destroy the real world and then push you into a synthetic world, which, as they state right here, is a replica of the real world. Well, inside of a cyber world, they will have much more control over your mind, over your thoughts, over your habits, and whatever. It says right here, the fashion industry thinks it may have found its next pot of gold there. Not me. They did not find me, folks. Already, customers can dress up their avatars for virtual worlds like Horizon Worlds and Decentraland. And what we'll eventually do is we'll get into, um, maybe I'll do more of like a technical look at the metaverse and I can start to show you some of these Second Life worlds like Horizon Worlds and Decentraland. And that way... Uh, maybe you can see them in action. I, frankly, have never gone inside. I've seen people. I've watched videos on going inside them. I don't want to because I really have no interest in delving into the Matrix. Although, if I want to play Neo out here in the real world, I'm probably going to have to go inside those at some point. I do have a friend of mine. He is uh, taking a break, but he was a podcaster. And he got an Oculus, which is uh, Facebook's virtual reality headset and actually went inside to see what it was like and he told me it is freaky so i don't know maybe eventually i can do something with like a live demo we'll figure that out um it goes on to say but virtual fashion is not limited to avatars you can wear virtual garments on snapchat or zoom meetings or pose with them for photos for social media feeds and the way that works folks is what i told you was called a augmented reality in which you can sort of sort of um let's see how would you say you could project okay you could project this digital watch that you bought inside of the metaverse to look like it's on your hand in a zoom meeting even though it's not actually there very similar to the uh, face swap technology i showed you where i could skin my face with uh donald trump or morgan freeman or something like that yeah it works the same way it goes on to say you can show up to a work meeting with a black tie dress when in real life it is just a t-shirt or post a picture on instagram of a luxury jacket that was never touched in real life you know let me mark this down i am going to do that I'm going to do a demo for you guys with uh, Snapchat. So you can see me over here at pain.tv slash gold wearing different faces and different clothing and stuff like that. I I will work on that for you. Uh, Maybe not this week, but over the weekend, I could probably get that done. Uh, Oh, uh, actually, Sunday is a baby shower for my wife, so that might not happen. My mother is coming into town, and her and my sister have been putting that together, so that probably won't work. But maybe I can project 
my wife's dress onto her and she could just show up at the party naked and we'll project the metaverse dress onto her and we'll make all the guests wear augmented reality contact lenses or something like that. I don't know. Sounds like a good idea. Uh, maybe we can get a technocratic sponsor for that. It goes on to say, you can show up at work meeting with uh, a black tie dress when in real life it is just a t-shirt or post a picture on the Instagram of a luxury jacket that was never touched in real life. Virtual fashion is being sold in a variety of ways from gaming platforms and digital photos to videos that use augmented reality. The metaverse in the fashion market is poised to grow by $6.61 billion during 2022 to 2026, accelerating at a CAGR of 36.47% during the forecast period. Okay, it goes on. Let's just uh, let's finish this up, and then we're going to jump into the video, I believe. Streetwear is one of the most striking retail and fashion trends to have appeared in recent years, involving the production, promotion, sale, and resale of casual fashion, footwear, t-shirts, and other items in ways that bypass traditional retail channels. Customers are often rallied via social media to be the first to buy products that are only available directly from the brand, either in-store or online. The anticipation of a time-limited chance to buy helps create a tight-knit and almost cult-like relationship between streetwear brands and their consumers. See, cult-like. Yes, it's very cult-like. This has helped propel streetwear from being an eye-catching fashion phenomenon that drew its inspiration from the countercultures of the 1980s and 1990s, including graffiti, hip-hop, skate, and surf, into a multi-billion dollar retail market. So as you can see, they're going to try to pull all these kids who are already propagandized and brainwashed by pop culture into the metaverse where they'll continue to buy these brands but they'll be walking around them uh, walking around as their avatar in the metaverse wearing these uh gangbanger hoodies and jackets uh inside of something like uh grand theft auto you know as they uh, mug an old lady or shoot a policeman or you know rape someone oh yeah that's what they do inside these worlds um former uh form runner apparel incorporated has built its reputation by delivering both clothing quality and price to become one of the most respected and trusted names in the retail clothing space. Our customers admire a variety of high-end clothing, top-notch customer service, competitive pricing, and easy uh, blah, 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 blah. So you understand uh, what's going on here. Now, I explained to you in a previous episode about NFTs, these non-fungible tokens. And so what happens is when you, what's called minting, think of it as like minting, a coin you design a hoodie sweatshirt and then that hoodie is turned into uh, either the form of a graphic like a jpeg or in the form of a gif or in the form of a 3d object that you'd wear on your avatar and so then that's turned into it's minted into these non-fungible tokens and then when you purchase that hoodie and there's different ways they can do this they could have a one-of-a-kind hoodie they can have a series of the same hoodie with 10,000 variation prints that's created by artificial intelligence. And we will get into that um, on a different show because I want to show you 
how the technology works. But what they do is they'll print, say, 10,000 versions of the same hoodie with different designs that were all created through artificial intelligence. And then they'll sell those hoodies as being completely unique. Or they'll have one, like one of a kind. I explained to you um, in the form of artwork, I believe, during one of the shows. And so that's how they end up selling these things. And so then you get this non-fungible token. You're the one who owns the hoodie. Your avatar can wear it. You could display it in your metaverse house. Snoop Doggy Dog, as I mentioned, has a mansion in there. He displays a bunch of non-fungible token art, one-of-a-kind art that he owns. It's part of his collection. And that's all about how they get these celebrities on board, just like they do in the real world, in the metaverse, to then sort of um, suck in all of this urban wear, you know, as they talked about, the young people, the ones addicted to pop culture, and they bring them right into the metaverse to go tour Snoop Doggy Dog's mansion, and you could probably smoke a digital joint with him or something. So that is how um, the metaverse operates and why this clothing brand is opening a store inside of the metaverse. So that your avatar, your mind twin, can have a piece of clothing from them. All right. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to briefly go through a few more pieces of the metaverse. Just so you understand a little more terminology before we go into the video and analyze the video discussion. And so that way we can refer back to this document as we are breaking it down. So this is actually a PDF up on the screen. I had to uh, print the article off of uh, Wired Magazine. So this is, what is the metaverse exactly? Everything you never wanted to know about the future of talking about the future. And so they've got a graphic here that's like uh, this lady's face duplicated in you know, red, blue, and green, and she's wearing like a VR goggles on their head. It looks frankly ridiculous. But it says right here, uh, CEOs like Mark Zuckerberg or Satya Nadella talk about it. The metaverse is the future of the internet, or it's a video game, or maybe it's a deeply uncomfortable, worse version of Zoom. It's hard to say. It's been nearly six months since Facebook announced it was rebranding to Meta and would focus its future on the upcoming Metaverse. In the time since what uh, in the in the time since what that term means has gotten any clearer. Meta is building a virtual reality social platform. Roblox is facilitating user-generated video games. And some companies are offering up little more than broken game worlds that happen to have NFTs attached. That's what I just told you about the non-fungible tokens. It goes on to say, advocates from niche startups to tech giants have argued that this lack of coherence is because the metaverse is still being built and it's too new to define what it means. The internet existed in the 1970s, for example, but not every idea of what that would eventually look like was true. So what they're saying is this is sort of the new frontier, the new internet, 
And in the beginning of the internet, I had a friend of mine in high school. His dad was like a computer nerd and engineer guy at Schick Razor Company, actually. And so when he came home, he would build these little goofy one-page websites for people. And it was amazing because he knew how to code a website. And so there were all these people just throwing stuff up there on the internet. And that's what they're saying, the metaverse, uh, what stage it's at now. It says, on the other hand, there's a lot of marketing hype and money wrapped up in selling the idea of the metaverse. Facebook in particular is in an especially vulnerable place. And you'll see uh, one of the leads of Facebook in the uh, video we're going to analyze. It says a vulnerable place after Apple's move to limit ad tracking hit the company's bottom line. It's impossible to separate Facebook's vision of a future in which everyone has a digital wardrobe, as we just discussed, to swipe through from the fact that Facebook really wants to make money selling virtual clothes. But Facebook isn't the only company that stands to financially benefit from metaverse hype. So with all that in mind, and the question is, Seriously, what does metaverse mean? And I want you to think about that. What does the metaverse mean to you? And when we get back from this short break, we're going to delve into this, and then we're going to watch the masters of the universe discuss the metaverse live at World Economic Forum. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. On Ping.TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, oh yes, you gold pillars out there, I want you to ask yourself a question. You know, can you, can I avoid the coming metaverse? Can we avoid web three in many ways yes we just don't take part in it we don't put on the vr goggles or the ar headsets but for those of us that are entrepreneurs or own small businesses they're almost going to force us into it just like you were forced at one point to have a website and then slowly slowly over the years it became less important to have the website because you had to have a facebook page and a google business listing And so then they drove us back into the arms of, you know, sort of their technologies to drive your business. And the website became less important. And now the majority of people on their smartphones, uh, I think right now it's something like 85% of web traffic is over smartphones. And something like 85% of that is accessed, uh, the internet is accessed through apps, not even on a web browser anymore. So web traffic itself has gone down. So 
they force you into the technology by creating no other alternative. Very similar to what will happen with the electric vehicles if that's the direction they want to go in. They'll just get rid of all gas vehicles and eventually you won't be able to find one unless you can find an older car, which they will try to make essentially illegal to have if they didn't crush them all already. Right here in the state of Maryland, if you have a car that's older than like six or seven years old, they make it almost impossible to get through the safety inspection. And so that's how they force these cars off the road. The next thing you know, the safety inspector hands you a bill or a list of things. You bring it to a mechanic and it's $6,000 worth of work you need done on your car. And so I found a loophole to that in the state of Maryland and uh, a great legal company. I won't mention their name. They're not a sponsor. I'd like to have them as one because they were fantastic. Um, and so I was able to register my car in another state, totally legal to do. And so that's how I get around it. As I've said here on the show, if I'm going to talk the talk, I have to walk the walk. And so we're doing it with our natural birth of my wife. We've done it by starting our own gardening and canning here. Uh, we do it by trying to avoid technologies, as I mentioned to you. Uh, we're going to educate our child that way, homeschool. Uh, we are setting up sort of a second world over in Poland where I think they're a couple decades behind where we are in the U.S. So we're making the moves to uh, walk the walk. And so we'll be able to avoid this somewhat. Uh, in your business life, you may have to step one foot into the matrix uh, if you want to be able to continue to make money depending on what happens. But the question is, how do you keep your kids away from it? Because that's really the generation that they're trying to force into adopting this technology, this cyber world. And so that's a lot of what I'm going to explore here on the show because I have a kid on the way, as I mentioned, and I'm starting to put together uh, kind of how I am going to raise them and teach them about these technologies as being tools, but you can't shield them from it because all of a sudden they're 18 years old and you push them out of the nest and they get dropped into some cyber world that you shielded from them. And so that's what I'm working on. That's part of what this research is about. I'm essentially creating a sort of a homeschool course for my child. So let's get back to this. Seriously, what does metaverse mean? And for many of you, you're probably still a little bit confused, but hopefully we can clear that up. To help you get a sense of how vague and complex a term quote, the metaverse, end quote, can be. Here's an exercise. Mentally replace the phrase, the metaverse, in a sentence with cyberspace. 90% of the time, the meaning won't substantially change. That's because the term doesn't really refer to any one specific type of technology, but rather a broad and often speculative shift in how we interact with technology, and it's entirely possible that the term itself will eventually become just as antiquated, even as the specific technology it once described becomes commonplace. And so I think you can now appreciate uh, why we spent the last two episodes getting into the internet of things the internet of bodies the internet of senses the internet of all things smart cities uh, because that's what they're talking about those are all the technologies that are going to make up 
what becomes this metaverse. Those are all the pieces that come into play here. The augmented reality glasses, the virtual reality headsets, uh, all of the Internet of Sense devices, the bodysuit with the sensory um, with the sensory like sensors on it, the mouth sensor, the nose sensor, that's all part of what's going to make up this metaverse. The mind twin technology, uh, the neural link brain chip, everything we've gotten into leads up to this metaverse, this synthetic world, okay? So now you have a very clear understanding of everything that goes into building this fake world that they are creating. So you're... Very, very, very intelligent and up to speed on this. You can explain this to other people because as I learned about it, you learned about it. And now we both can go out there and break this down into bumper sticker slogans and be able to teach this to other people. And remember, if people say you're crazy, you just tell them this all comes from their white papers, their speeches, their websites, their articles, uh, there's big-time investors at the highest levels involved, all the major brands, all the major media companies, all the major mainstream media institutions. They're all on board with this. The government's on board, the CIA's on board, the FBI, the NSA, NASA, international governments, NGOs, think tanks. They're all on board with this. You know this now. There's nothing I've given you that's fake. I mean, can the sources be lying about all this? Yeah, but then... Everything around us is fake anyway, so what does it really matter? But I'm telling you, you are armed with the knowledge and the proof that this is what they are building. All right, let's continue. Broadly speaking, the technology companies refer to when they talk about, quote, the metaverse, end quote, can include virtual reality characterized by persistent virtual worlds that continue to exist even when you're not playing as well as augmented reality that combines aspects of the digital and physical worlds. However, it doesn't require that those spaces be exclusively accessed via VR AR virtual worlds, such as aspects of Fortnite that can be accessed through PCs, game consoles, and even phones have started referring to themselves as the metaverse. Okay, I'll break that down quickly for you. All right, so as we talked about with augmented reality, you already know what that is. You put on glasses, you're looking into your living room, and you can have a Tyrannosaurus Rex dance across in front of you. Or you can hold up your hand, and there's a watch that you bought in the digital world on your wrist, but when you remove the glasses, they're not there. Or you can go outside, and as you walk around, little boxes will pop up over the plants telling you what kind of plants you're looking at. All right, that's augmented reality. All right, so that's what they're talking about. Now, when they talk about the virtual reality, again, you're putting on a headset, which is basically a 3D video game all around you. And when they say that these worlds continue when you're not there, so think of it if you've ever played, let's say, Nintendo, you know, Mario Brothers, the original one. You would turn on the game, you would play a level at a time. When you turned off the game, that was it, right? Well, in this, everything inside the game is sort of living in the cloud. The people inside the game, inside the world, are other avatars, other mind twins. So the world is continuing. Just like when we go to sleep at night and we wake up, 
we might have a bunch of texts from people because an emergency happened because the world goes on even when you're not there. And that's what they're talking about. The metaverse continues. It's not a video game that you just turn off. It's just you're accessing it. And when you're in it, it's like going out into the real world. So, for instance, you could have a digital uh, grocery store. And when you go back into the grocery store and you haven't been there for a week inside of the metaverse, you go back in there and the store has changed around. The displays have changed just like in a real grocery store because in a sense it's living and it's always going on. All right, let's continue. Many companies that have hoped, uh, many companies that have hopped on board the metaverse bandwagon also envision some sort of new digital economy where users can create, buy, and sell goods. In the more idealistic visions of the metaverse, it's interoperable, allowing you to take virtual items like clothes or cars from one platform to another. Though this is harder than it sounds. I'll uh, expand in a second. While some advocates claim new technologies like NFTs, those are the non-fungible tokens, can enable portable digital assets, this simply isn't true. And bringing items from one video game or virtual world to another is an enormously complex task that no one company can solve. Now, we're going to get into that uh, in this World Economic Forum discussion, but let me just explain. So right now, Technically speaking, the metaverse is not centralized yet. So, for instance, you at home, you develop a video game. You program it, you code it, and you have that video game. Let's say it's Mario. And then your spouse develops and programs their own video game, and that's going to be uh, Pac-Man, okay? So now, inside of Mario... Uh, you buy a t-shirt for your avatar. Let's say in this Mario, you have an avatar of yourself, a mind twin. And so you buy a t-shirt that says, just say no. That's our slogan here, just say no. And so you get the just say no t-shirt and you can wear it on your avatar. Now, over on your spouse's video game, which is another metaverse, this is Pac-Man metaverse, you can bring maybe your avatar over or you have an avatar, a mind twin of yourself on that platform, but you can't necessarily port the Just Say No t-shirt, even though you own it, over to the Pac-Man world. And when they say interoperable, what they're eventually trying to do is take your Mario game that you coded and then the Pac-Man game your spouse coded and connect those two metaverse worlds together so now you can port your avatar, your mind twin of you into the other metaverse and along with that you can port all of the objects you bought like the Just Say No t-shirt. So you can wear it across multiple metaverses and that's the eventual goal is to have one giant metaverse that is all connected uh, to each other. So programmers will basically be programming on the same language or there'll be underlying language that allows all these metaverses to connect. And that's part of what they're going to discuss on this uh, WEF panel discussion. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, so I know that's a lot to absorb. I want you to think about it over the break, really try to understand what I'm saying here. There's different 
components, you know, there's different worlds, and eventually they want to create an opportunity to connect all the worlds. Think of it like this over the break, actually. Let's say the United States has 50 states, and in each state, there's a different set of laws, right? Or the European Union has multiple countries, and each country may have an old set of laws, but it's sort of overseen in the United States by the federal law, European Union, they have European Union law. And so around the world, you have all these countries and different countries have different laws. Well, what they want to do is end up creating a system, a cyber world that is in fact the new world order, a one world government in which you can jump from place to place. It's all interconnected. And if you buy a Just Say No t-shirt right here in the state of Maryland, you can bring that Just Say No t-shirt over to Poland. That is how you have to look at it in the digital world. That is what they're talking about. That are uh, Those are the discussions right now going on between the public and private partnership players that we've discussed many times here on the Dustin Gold Standard. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back from the break. Thank you very much. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 